Shalom Yasharala, welcome back. Uh, this is the Heavenly Sword here, and I hope everyone is having a blessed day. Um, so I want to talk about the deception of John 8, 1 through 11. Okay, that's John chapter 8, 1 through 11. Okay, because uh, mainstream Christianity teaches that John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11 says we are all sinners, not not perfect, and therefore it is not our job to stone or judge someone else that is a sinner. But it also teaches that this is proof of abolishing certain Torah laws, such as stoning and, con- you know, just, you know, consequences, really, okay? People think that they don't have to uh, give people consequences for their sins because we are imperfect, and therefore we have no reason, and therefore it's not our place to give them consequences. But is that what the Bible teaches? To excuse someone for their actions just because we ourselves have inex- have done something that we're not proud of, that we have, that we are imperfect? Okay, that's something you have to ask yourself here, okay? Because that is not the absolute truth. So, uh, this false teaching or quote-unquote interpretation is one of the main excuses for skeptics and scoffers to believe this passage was added and made up and therefore shouldn't be in the Bible. And another reason is because it's obviously not in the original papyrus, papyrus, whatever, however you pronounce it. Um, and it, there's, and I believe the reason is it has something to do with the politics rather than spirituality. The Catholic Church has t- added and taken away a lot of passages, uh, or not passages, but rather a lot of verses, a lot of script. They twisted a lot of things. Uh, they've, uh, they've actually, uh, how do I put it? You know, they, yeah, they, or they have, like, like I said, yeah, they did add, they added something to support the Trinity doctrine. All right. Um, sorry. Uh, they, uh, they were more political, okay? The Catholic Church, the leaders of the Catholic Church, they were more political than spiritual. And therefore, that did not support their political beliefs. This, you know, the, the John, uh, I think it, it, had some, it had something to do with their political beliefs. I don't know what. Uh, John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, they, did not, they didn't like it at first. They'll go, they'll go back and forth, back and on and off, just putting it back into the Bible. And then all of a sudden, you just, uh, you know, it just causes confusion in the modern society where they think, oh, that's, that shouldn't have been in there. That just uh, proves that, uh, oh, uh, Yeshaya HaMashiach is not who we think he is, uh, that he is not uh, Elohim in the flesh, that he did not rise from the dead. They'll, that's one of their ways of trying to uh, discredit or deflect him. All right. Skeptics will do that, but they won't seek much of it. They won't seek everything. They'll just... Uh, it's just like Christians, for example. You ha- and I said this in one of my last recordings. You got to look at more than you. You, you got to keep. You lo- got to look at more than one source. You got to keep looking source after source. You can't just look at one source and think I'm done. No, you can't. It doesn't work that way. You have to keep looking at the sources. You got to keep doing research. Okay, that's what. That's why uh, in my last video I said don't just uh, research chemtrails. Okay, don't just research the people that debunk or support chemtrails. Research other things. Okay, like uh, cloud seeding, weather modification. um, Research. Art, you know, artificial clouds, artificial fogs, and how they're able to make all this stuff. Uh, research what is in these things, the health risks. You got to research all of that because what they're telling us is contradicting. 
all right? So I wrote a lot of notes here. This might take a bit to talk to you about because I wrote a lot of notes here. So anyway, um, this, you know, I said, I talked about the false teaching and the interpretation, okay? Because this is just, you know, obviously uh, it's been, on, you know, in there on and off. I think most, mostly because it was for a political agenda. They, they've on and off used that, you know, took it away or added that just for a political agenda. All right, you know, I wouldn't say added it, but like uh, put it back in. It's, you know, they recruit, you know, older translations, older English translation, translations, they recorded that verse. They got, they put it in their Bibles for a reason. Okay. They didn't just do it because they didn't just add it in there just to, just because, all right. There's just no way. I don't think that, you know, I don't believe that's the case. You can research it yourself. It's, it'll just, uh, you find, you just find some contradictions. So what is the true meaning of this passage? Okay. It's about the adulterous woman. Okay. Who was about to be stoned by a crowd of people. So this is what we, you know, this is what we have to focus on people. They think this is that the, what I just mentioned before, the, the, how they were about, they didn't stone the adulteress because they're all sinners. They're all imperfect. And therefore that's not their place to uh, judge, even though the Bible tells us many times that we have to judge righteously. All right. Or I would say, I mean, I wouldn't say multiple times, but rather like uh, in certain places. Okay. Yeshia says we should judge righteously. Uh, uh, let's see what else. Uh, Solomon says we should judge righteously. It's, it's, it's in there. Okay. It's in the, you know, you could just look at it yourself in the gospels. People say we can't, you know, we can't judge whatsoever. That's a false doctrine. You got to judge righteously. Now, what is it? So the min, because consider this, okay. Consider this passage, uh, John chapter eight, verse seven. Okay. Well, I'm going to read you the whole thing. I'm going to read you the, uh, verse, you know, John chapter eight, verses three through, uh, 11. Okay. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in, taken in adultery. She was caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moshe, Moses, in the Torah law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? What do you say? This they said, tempting him. They're trying to tempt Yeshia. That they might have to accuse him. They want to find a. They wanted to find a reason to accuse, to accuse him. Okay, they, so they twisted what you know. They twisted scripture. But Yeshaya stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, "He that is is okay. Keep it in mind that is without sin." Let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard, they, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Yeshia was left alone, and the woman, woman standing in the midst. When Yeshia had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those your accusers, thine accusers? Has no man condemned you? She said, No man, master. And Yeshia said unto her, Neither do I condemn you. 
go and sin no more. Okay, here's the deception in this. I'm going to say that I said that many times, uh, just uh, a couple times before. I'm going to say it again. All right. That they were, this is the, this is what they use. This is the passage that, they, that Christians will use as an excuse Okay, to think that, okay, we're imperfect people. It's not our job to judge righteously, okay, to entirely ask questions, okay? We, we don't have to ask our uh, pastors or priests any questions, okay? They're sinners too. We're sinners. We, do, you know, we're not perfect, so it's not our job to say that what they're doing is wrong. It's not our job to say, let, you know, it's not our job to, it's not our place to stone them. Let God do all the handling. That's what they're, that's what they're thinking. Okay. So here's what the script, okay. Because I'm going to get to, get you, get you a little understanding here. What is wrong with what the Pharisees did? Okay. First off, that's the first question you should, you should be asking. Okay. What was the pro, you know, what, what did the Pharisees do wrong? Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, okay? Or actually, first go to Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, because, okay, the Levitical laws are very important. It might seem boring to most of you because it's not, you know, know, it's just the repetition that goes on and on. I get it, but the repetition is supposed to make the point clear. Okay, that's how the Bible works, okay? Just so people can be reminded over and over again because they have a corrupt mind. They have, we, we have a corrupt mind and we need to be reminded over and over again about what the law, what laws are supposed to be, about what uh, tasks, what, that we need to uh, perform in order to receive uh, a highest forgiveness, to show him, to show him that our heart is for him, that we are giving our hearts to him. Okay. That's how, okay. That's, that's what the Torah was meant to do. It was meant to test our hearts. All right. So Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10 says, and the man that commits adultery with another man's wife, even he that commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall, shall surely be put to death. Okay, so they caught this woman in adultery. But who is she adulting with? Why isn't he with her? Why aren't they putting him in a death sentence? What's going on here? All right. And then there's another. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. Here's another, here's another problem here. Because uh, you have to understand there's a problem with the accusation. Okay? You have to think to yourself when you read the scriptures, you have to think to yourself, hmm, Yeshaya would not, you know, something about this is not right. Okay? Because it sounds like Yeshaya is breaking the Torah in this passage, right? Because for anyone that sins, okay, back in Levitical time, back in, in Moses' time, if anyone sinned, and it's... It has to be an intentional sin, a prideful sin, you know. If you're not sorry about it, the sentence would have to be stoning to death. Okay, that's what you, that's what's going on. You have to be the you're uh, you are worthy of death. Okay, it's a death sentence right there. All right. So, Deuteronomy chapter uh, I'm sorry, 19 verse 15. Okay, it says here. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin, in any sin that he sins. At the mouth of two witnesses or, the ma- or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter 
be established. Okay, so we're talking about this is, you know, we're talking about one witness here. Okay, where are the two witnesses? Okay, we're t- this isn't the fair, you know, the Pharisees uh, that brought her in the scri- uh, or scribes. I mean, like whatever you want to call. I think they're okay. They're okay. They're Pharisees. Yes, I. They weren't. It wasn't said that they were the true witnesses. Where who, where were the witnesses that caught them in the act? Okay, that caught the lady that that woman in the act. Where were they? You got to look at the. That's why you got to look at the scripture here. See what's going on. You know, there's something that's not adding up. Okay, that's why you have to read the Old Testament. You have to look at the Torah. You have to look at the Tanakh. Okay, because you're not going to know anything if you're just reading the New Testament. All right. So in order to know the new, you have to know the old. If, in order to know the end of the story, you have to know the beginning. Right. You're not going to know the end of the story if you don't read the beginning. And people don't even go there. I mean, I'm not saying you have to read the Bible in chronological order. No, I'm saying that you have to read the whole scripture, okay? You have to read everything that is written, that is Holy Spirit inspired. Or how else is, how else are you going to read, you know, understand the new, huh? How are you going to understand what Yeshia was sent down from his father to do? You can't, you can't, you won't know unless you read the old, okay? Unless you, eat, you read about the old covenant, all right. So this passage, according to Christians, teaches our inability to follow all, uh, all the commandments. Okay. It teaches that we have an inability to follow all the commandments. Okay. That we don't have to have a Torah-based mindset. Yet, what did Yeshaya say? Hmm? Yeshaya. The Yeshaya is the man you know as Jesus Christ. Right? What did he say? What did he say in the New Testament? One of the things he said was to follow the commandments. He, he came to do his father's will, not his own. Okay, so that definitely uh, debunks this uh, Trinity doctrine where, he was, where he's God the Father incarnate. He is not. Okay, he and the Father have, a sa- have, a, have the same mindset, the same, na- the, uh, the same nature. The only difference is Yeshia is born in sinful flesh. He faces temptations, okay? But he still has the same mindset as his heavenly father, our heavenly father, right? So what did he say? One of the, because here's one of the first things he taught during his earthly lessons, okay? During his earthly teachings. And that is to repent. You'll find that in Matthew 4, 17, Mark, 5, uh, Mark 1, 15, okay? You'll find that there. Just go ahead and read it. And... Uh, probably in Luke. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't remember entirely if it's in the book of Luke, but definitely read Luke because it does say, he does say many times that we need to repent, right? And repent. Okay. What does repent mean? It means to renew your mind, renew your thoughts, your mind to think differently or afterwards or to reconsider, reconsider what you're doing. Okay. Think to yourself, hmm, I'm brought up in this family. 
I, I learned their philosophies. I've learned their ways of parenting and being a husband or a wife. But is that right? That's what you should be thinking. Now, we need to be a light to the Gentiles, okay? All of, I mean, because listen, I'm a, I'm a Gentile, okay? And I need to be a light to my, you know, uh, all the other Gentiles that are among me, okay? I have to be a light to them. I have to be willing to follow the commandments. In order to, uh, I'd have to be willing to, uh, I'd have to, because listen, if Yeshia wasn't there, right, you know, at this, if he wasn't our savior, if he is, if he didn't come to this world to save our, you know, to, uh, save our souls, to deliver us from temptations. All right. Well, you know, we would have to, you know, we'd still have to sacrifice animals. We'd still have to give offerings to the most high. And our sacrificial offerings of sheep, of, you know, of animals, like, uh, or like, uh, like the calf or the sheep. Okay. That's what I think that's all it is. The calf, the sheep, the goat, uh, pigeons, you know, stuff like that, like, but basically clean animals. Um, and you know, if you're willing to do that, even if Yeshia didn't really, you know, didn't really come down and save us, if you're willing to do that, you have to show that heart. You have to show this, you have to show this from your heart. Now, you know, and I'm going to get to that in a second because, you know, because uh, most of Judah at that time, they don't, they didn't do that from their hearts. I'm going to get that and I'm going to get to that. But we have to, but of course, that's what we have to be willing to do. Especially even if, you know, even if Yeshua wasn't our savior, now we don't have to, of course, but we'd have to, uh, but of course he became that sacrifice for us. So we don't have to, you know, give sacrifices anymore because again, he became that sacrifice. He became that Passover lamb, right? All right. So, uh, again, we need to be the light of the Gentiles. You, you'll find that in Acts thirteen forty seven. Okay, Acts, uh, thir- Acts thirteen forty seven. Okay, uh, for so has this our sovereign commanded us, saying, "I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation unto the ends of the earth." See. So that means to be the light of the world, we have to be walking in Ahia's walk, Yeshaya's walk, actually. Okay, letting the Gentiles know there's something about us that's different to their lifestyle. And we were brought into their lifestyle. Every, all of us, okay, all of us come short to the glory of, of Ahia. We have all gone astray, like sheep have gone astray. Okay, we're not, it's not just uh, Buddhists, it's not just atheists, it's not just... Um, Hindus, uh, witches, Satanists, all, okay? That includes the Christians, okay? You could be brought up in the most religious Christian family on earth. You could be raised by the Duggars, not that I would, uh, you know, uh, not that I would uh, recommend them, obviously. (laughs) If anyone knows what they did, I'm sure. But um, even if you're brought up in the most religious family of all, you've still gone astray. You, there's no, you're, you're not born with a spirit in you. Only Yeshaya was born with the spirit of God, of Allahayim in him. 
of Elohim in him. He was born, he was the only one that was born with the spirit. So let, let's put it that way. Um, so what was really going on at that time? What was really going on? Hmm? Let's see. What was going on back in Yeshua's time? Matthew 10, 15 should tell you something. Okay, let's go to Matthew 10, 15. Everyone. Matthew 10, 15. Okay? Verily, I, this is Yeshua speaking in this one. Verily, I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. What city is he talking about? He was talking about his, uh, the city in Israel. Israel people. Yasharallah. He wasn't talking about a... and he's Because, listen, it says in the... It says uh, in this... Earlier in this chapter, he says... Uh, okay, let me see here. I don't know what you... Let's see where... Okay, there it is. Uh... Commanded, okay, uh, Matthew 10, verse 5, say, saying this. These, uh, these twelve, Yeshia sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into the, any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. Verse 6, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Yasharala, which is Israel. That's what it's saying. He was, he was talking about the lost sheep of Israel. It was his own people at the time. Okay? He wasn't talking about the Gentiles. His own people at that time. That it was more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for that, uh, than for that city in in Israel. So um, there was something there was something wrong with Israel at the time. That tells you something right there. There was something wrong with Israel, and we don't and we know Sodom and Gomorrah. There was um, there was a lot of perversion going on over there. There was. Uh, Fornicating, fornications, homosexuality, especially. Okay, they wanted to. Uh, there were men that wanted to have sex with the two angels. There was uh, idol worship. I I believe so. Everything basically breaking all the ten commandments. Okay, that's what Sodom and Gomorrah did. They broke all the ten commandments, and they took you know, and they would. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what we're living in today. This is America we're living in. That's what we're living in. A beautiful looking country full of sin. Wait, you know, and they legalize gay marriage. They're going to legalize a lot of things. Okay. I mean, one, you know, one guy just came out saying that he's a pedophile, a politician. And people have been warned about that. And yet still they're calling us conspiracy theorists. Right. So, that's what you have to be careful with, people. This is what happens when you legalize something. More and more come to it. More trash, really. Uh, so, the city was likely Jerusalem. I believe it was Jerusalem. It didn't say specifically, but I think it's Jerusalem. Because it was in danger at the time. Seemingly following religious laws, okay? They were really just man-made traditions, Okay, there were the traditions of the forefathers. Um, based on, and of course, the traditions were based on Torah laws. Okay, but they weren't meant to be. They weren't designed to be 
uh, traditions. They were designed to test our hearts, as I said, to see if we would follow them in our own free will to, uh, to keep the commandments with the best of our abilities. That's what the Torah was designed to do. It was supposed to test our hearts. To expo- it's supposed to expose those who claim to love the Most High, which I'll also get, into, get to in a second, who claim to love the Most High, yet they don't follow the commandments. That's what politicians are doing. That's what Hollywood actors are doing. <laughs> That's what Freemasons are doing. I mean, you love the Most High, don't celebrate Christmas. Don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Don't celebrate Easter. I mean, it's that simple. We all know in the Bible that this is just, I mean, the Bible tells us not to part, you know, be involved with these uh, holidays, right? It's that simple. Ugh. And I'm not saying that any, you know, and I'm not saying though that, I'm not going to say, look, I I understand if you uh, are still celebrating Christmas and all that. I mean, that's really up to you. I just pray and hope you see the evil origins of those holidays, the evilest origins of them. So many other countries are celebrating Christmas. Okay, Japan celebrates Christmas. (laughs) Harry Potter celebrates Christmas. They don't even believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'm saying Jesus Christ to those who don't even know who I'm talking about. It's not even his birthday. They don't even know what, you know, we don't even know what day he was born. All right. We're not even supposed to know. We're not, he didn't even ask us to celebrate his birthday. So the Torah never, and here's the thing about the Torah. It never states to be a perfect human being, quote unquote especially from the time of Moses, okay? It says that we had to abide by the laws, to have a repentant Torah-based heart by humbling ourselves, feeling true uh, godly remorse or sorrow for our sinful nature, refraining from temptations as best as willing, okay? Heartfully willing to love the Most High first. And here's a... Verse of the Bible, okay, from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verse 2. And you shall remember all the way which Ahiah, your Allahayim, or Elohim, led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you, to know what was in your heart, see, whether you would keep his commandments or no. Simple as that. So what about the crowd? Was it lawful? Wasn't it lawful of them to cast stones at her? Because I mean, the Torah does say you got to cast stones at those that commit adult uh, commit adultery. Like I said, not the absolute truth. It's not exact. It's not the full truth. Okay. Because back in the time of Moses, the Israelites, who are of course the forefathers, they seen almost everything and were more aware of the laws of Ahia. They understood it more, okay? Having more access to the Torah and the Ten Commandments. They were repetitively reminded from the time of Moses to Judah's uh, Judah's captivity in Babylon, of Ahiah's Passover, his involvement of releasing them from bondage, okay? On and off, they they turned to other gods made made of stone and wood, 
performed rituals, sacrificed their children to Baal, and constantly forgot and hardened, forgot about the their release from Mitzrayim. They, their, their hearts were hardened. They, they forgot about the miracles that they saw. And, we ha- and hardened their hearts over what Ahia did for them. Okay? And that is possible to forget them. To not be, rem- for your mind, not to remind you of it. Because, listen, I've, you know, I've seen a miracle of a lady that uh, walking with, dancing and walking, not, maybe not dancing in a very heavy way, in a very energetic way, but dancing and uh, walking without her cane for the first time, as long as I knew her. Okay? And I, you know, on and off, I would remember that. You know, on and off, it would just appear in my mind. It would, ha- you know, it would appear or leave my mind, leave my memory. Why is that? Because we live in sinful flesh. Okay? We're blinded by our own hypocrisies, our own sins. That's how, you know, that's why we have to, you know, study the word every day. So that our hearts don't get, uh, continue to be hardened like this. That's why we need some, that's why we need to be with, around people that, act, that have true faith. So that you can strengthen, so that you can be strengthened. So that you can be reminded, okay? So that you can uh, receive guidance to get out, you know, true guidance to uh, leap out of that temptation and to uh, turn back to Ahia. So I'm going to go back to Hosea chapter 1 verse 2, okay? Because this is an example of who the crowd really is, okay? Hosea chapter 1 verse 2, and I'm going to, uh, there's another part of Hosea that I'm going to read soon. It's a uh, very, it's very important. Okay, Hosea one verse two. Okay, this is the pro- uh, the prophet Hosea wrote this when Ahia told him in his own words told Hosea to. Uh, okay, here's this: the beginning of of the word of Ahia by Hosea, and Ahia said to Hosea, "Go, take unto you a wife of whoredoms." And children of whoredoms, for the land has committed great whoredom, departing from Ahia. Okay, so he went and took Gomer. That's the next verse, verse three. He went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblame, which conceived and bare him a son. Okay. The whore, okay, so t- he went to take a wife of whoredoms, and children of whoredoms. Okay. Because the land committed great whoredom. Whoredom, okay? So, basically, they were fornicating. But it's a, it seems to be more of a symbolic fornication. I mean, like, not, you know, not just... It's not just a, a physical fornication, but also symbolic fornication. Who, they were, who were they really fornicating from? Who were they really uh, committing adult, adultery to? So I'm going to go to Hosea 2, verses 3 through 8. We're going to read that far. Lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born and make her as a wilderness and set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. Okay, it's talking about Israel. Okay, it's talking about Israel. For their mother has, okay, and I will not have mercy upon her children the people of Israel, for they be the children of whoredoms. For their mother has played the harlot. She that conceived them has done shamefully. 
For she said, I will go after my lovers that give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, mine oil and my drink. That's why people turn to other gods, okay? For immediate pleasures, okay? For immediate uh, uh, pleasures of the flesh. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up your way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her paths and she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them and she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband for then was there, was it better with me than now? For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold which they prepared for Baal. Okay? So here's what happened. Israel was committing adultery against the Most High. Okay? The children of Israel were um, depending on other gods for their, uh, for their own pleasures. They didn't depend on the Most High. They were looking at gods made of wooden stone they made sacrifices to Baal, hoping that they would gain something over it. That piece of garbage BS. I don't know what else to say to you, really. So just like the ancient Israelites of Hosea, Judah was also committing adultery from the time of Yeshia. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 through 28. Okay, Matthew chapter 5. 2728. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, you shall not commit uh, adultery. My, my Bible says naaf, which is woman that break wedlock. That's basically the same thing. Uh, but I say unto you that whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed naaf or adultery with her already in his heart. In his heart. This is a adultery. Just by, you know, lustful thoughts is committing adultery. Just thinking about turning to another God, basically. Thinking about uh, just having that idea and keeping it in your head over repetitively, saying, I'm going to uh, sleep with this person. I want to sleep with this person. I'm going to, I'll think about doing it. I'll just uh, fantasize about it. And then I'll plan it. Hmm? That's committing adultery. Just thinking about it. All right? And people back then, okay, they thought just the acts are the sins. Okay? People back in the time of Yeshia. Back in the time of, you know, as who you know as Jesus, back in his time, they didn't know, they weren't educated enough on what sin actually was. Okay? They weren't reminded, really. They weren't reminded as to what sin actually was. They knew deep down, but they weren't reminded. So Judah was living in confusion. During Yeshia's early earthly, uh, earthly teaching, lacking knowledge as to what adultery truly is, and just like the churches today, 
depend on religious leaders, scholars mostly, on what is right and wrong. So if you look closely in the scriptures, you will notice Judah had adulterous, murderous, hateful, and unloving hearts. They were unloving. They showed no, they barely showed any compassion towards the woman, the adulteress. Okay? They, show, they barely showed any kind of remorse. Okay? Because you think back then that uh, the, Israel, the ancient Israelites, the ancient Hebrews were sadistic? That they were sadistic? That they wanted to stone people to death for whoever broke the law, for whoever sinned? Intentionally? Pridefully? You think they were sadistic? You think they wanted to kill people? Stone people to death? Absolutely not. This is what, okay, because you must study all four Gospels to understand the meaning. You should also study the Old Testament, as I said. So this is why the crowd didn't stone the woman, because they were convicted by their own conscience, meaning they probably had sinful thoughts, rather, you know, rather than acts, okay? Some of them had thoughts, some, some of them had acts. I don't, we don't know for sure. It doesn't, like, because we all have that. We all had sinful thoughts. We've all sinned in our minds, in our hearts, Right? We all have. So, they, uh, and they know they're not, you know, they're not doing something right. That's what's going on. They, they know they're not doing something right. That's why they didn't stone her. Okay? So, if you do uh, good deeds, quote-unquote, in public, and your face shows no evil, that doesn't mean you don't sin within your heart. Ahia looks through your heart, not necessarily your appearance. Ahia chose David to be king because he looked in David's heart, not in his appearance. Let's go to 1 John chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. 1 John 1, chapter 1, verse 8 through 10. Okay. Hopefully you make it there. Here we go. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive our we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So Here's a, th here's a fact. People say that they've never sinned. That's a lie. You've, we have all sinned. Okay? So if you're going to say that we've ne you've never sinned, I don't believe you say you love the Most High. When you say you love the Most High, you have to admit that you have sinned in your life. I'm not saying, uh, tell me what sins you committed. Okay? I'm saying, okay, when you have a sin, uh, if you have a sin, you confess it mostly, you, you confess to the Most High. All right, saying if you you know, not you know, not unless you have to be honest, okay, not unless there's a time you really have to be honest, right? When you have to tell the truth. What I'm saying here, is, and that's that's why that's how Catholic priests uh, are able to uh, manipulate manipulate people to uh, come to the, come to the confession booth, right? Ugh. But um, anyone who's this is 
if anyone has said, if you've heard someone say, I love God, yet at the same time they have never sinned, red flag going up. There are people that don't even think that sin is real. Sin's real. There's consequences. Sin has consequences, people. Man, I can't stand them. They, uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 15. Okay, we're going to read that. Because whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Why am I, why am I pointing out that verse right here? Whoever hates... Okay, 1 John chapter 3, verse 15 says that whoever hates his brother, that's enough to call him a murderer. So, Yeshia showed no conviction, not just towards the crowd who, has, who had sin within their hearts, but also the woman caught in the act. Okay? Caught in the act. He didn't show any kind of a condemnation towards her. All right? And you'll see why in a second. And he told her to sin no more. Okay, that's in the, the 11th verse of John chapter 8. He told her, he even told her to sin no more. Alright? Didn't he tell, he could have told the others, the crowd, the same thing, right? But they just walked away. He said that, uh, I'm sorry. They just walked away. So what Yeshia told the adulteress to do was repent. We have all sinned. We have all done something we are not proud of. We have all we all can never be perfect, but we can we all can repent. Okay? We can never be perfect. Okay? But we can all repent. We can all renew our minds, our thoughts, reconsider. Because what mainstream Christianity teaches is that we no longer have the that we have you know that it's not that we no longer have the place to judge or stone someone for their sins because we merely we are merely quote unquote imperfect but that is not what the bible says okay it did not uh, i just mentioned earlier it did not say we have to be perfect human beings it did not say that it says the reason why the crowd didn't stone the woman is because they never truly repented. Their hearts had changed, but were complete, the crowd were complete hypocrites. Okay, this is talking about the crowds having hypocritical hearts. The crowds that had unrepent at the time had unrepentant hearts. It wasn't because they were imperfect that they had a sinful past. It wasn't merely because of that at least. We all have had a sinful past. Because think about it. The, earth, the ancient Hebrews, back in Moses' time, they were sinners too. They've done something they, they weren't proud of. They've sinned. They, you know, some of them were probably, some of them that on the highest side probably were involved with the, the golden calf. Aaron especially. You know, he was the one that, uh, you know, was, you know, that, uh, he was the one that was in charge of the of the group, and he allowed them to uh, convince. He allowed them to uh, make a golden calf 
Aaron. Okay? We're talking about uh, people here that didn't have repentant hearts. This is and this is what religion does to you, okay? So the scriptures, as I said, it's they're never about religion. Never. They're never about having uh, religious traditions. All they ask is for us to follow the laws from our hearts. Okay? Religion blinds you from seeing your own transgressions and your own hypocrisy. All right? Okay? Because, let's look at that. Because here's an example. Let me show you this. Matthew chapter 7, okay? 7 ver- uh, verses uh, 3 through 5, okay? And why beholdest thou the mote, the spe- you know, dust speck, speck of dust, that is in your brother's eye, but consider not the beam, the long stick, that is in your own eye. Or how will you say to your brother, let me pull out the speck of dust or the mote out of your eye and behold, a beam is in your own eye. That long stick is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, cast out the, the long stick out of your own eye and then shall you see clearly to cast out the speck of dust, the mote out of your brother's eye. It's telling us, this is what it means to repent. First, you take out the, spe- the, uh, the long stick, the beam that is in your own eye. So that you could take the, after that, that's when you take the dust out of, your own, out of someone else's eye. Right? Right? So, Yeshia was never saying, you're all imperfect and therefore... You're imperfect human beings, and therefore it's not your place to judge another person, right? He's not saying that. What he's saying to the crowd was, oh boy, that they didn't see their own hypocrisy. He was reminding them of their own hypocrisy, of their own unrepentance here. He wasn't merely just saying we're all imperfect human beings. That's BS. If you don't understand it, I don't know what else to tell you exactly. But I mean, I still have more. Okay? Because the crowd was exposed. Okay? They were exposed from their hearts. Okay? He exposed their hearts. They were following religion. Their hearts weren't for Ahia. They were following religion. So Luke 8.15 says this. Okay, we're going to go. It's, it talks about the good, the good soil. Okay. Luke 8.15. It says this. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. We're talking about a good heart here. 
What's a good heart? In biblical terms, a good heart is someone who has the heart of Ahaya, of Allah who will follow his ways based on what he commands, not what the, you know, what, not what the forefathers command, okay? not what the religious leaders command, what their traditions are, but what the fa- heavenly father commands. They do it for the heaven. Someone with a good heart, in in the biblical terms, uh, have a heart for, give their heart to the Most High. It's about giving your heart to Him, having a relationship with Him. It's not about. It's not about religious traditions. It's not about rituals. None of that. So, and the crowd was honest, but their hearts were corrupt. They worshipped Ahia in vain. So, but then you have to ask this question. Why did Yeshia, a sinless man, spare the adulteress? Why did he spare her? Why did he not condemn her? Well, let's read, let's read it, Okay. Let's go back to John chapter 8. We'll start with the We'll start with verse 10. When Yeshia had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those your thine accusers? Has no man condemned you? She said, No man, master. And Yeshia said unto her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Okay? What's going on here? Remember the Torah, okay? Remember that the Torah guidelines, okay? They said that uh, there needs to be more than one witness, like maybe, you know, about two or three. Two or three witnesses. Exactly. And the people in the crowd weren't true witnesses. The Pharisees weren't true witnesses, okay? They were... Okay, because uh, he was asking, where are your accusers? Who was he talking about? He wasn't talking, I don't, I don't believe, okay, that's just me, okay? When I hear, you know, when I read this first. I could be wrong, so please correct me if, uh, if you disagree. But um, when he said the accusers, I don't think he was talking about the crowd. Okay, he wasn't talking about the crowd. He knew what you know. He knew what the crowd did. They walked away. He was asking, "Where are your accusers?" Because he know he knows where they went to. Who were the accu- the accusers? Were uh, likely he was likely talking about the witnesses. Where were the witnesses? Has no man condemned you? Judged you? Were there was there anyone that judged her? Any kind of judgment? She said, no man, sir. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So he didn't excuse her. He didn't excuse her sins, exactly. Like, he didn't excuse her sinful nature, okay? He didn't deny that she sinned. He knows she sinned. What he said was, sin no more. Okay, that just shows you that she did commit sin. 
that she, you know, did commit adultery. But like, there were no witnesses. There was no witness to support to uh, condemn. There was no witness that was there to condemn her. All right, no witness. And he what you know, and therefore he wasn't a witness. Okay. He wasn't a witness. He knew she committed adult adultery, but he's the only one that knows. One witness is not enough. All right. I mean, sorry, I'm you know, sounding a little confusing here, but he was the only one that knows about her transgression. But one person is not enough. One person. It requires more than one person to for an accusation to take place. Or more, you know, it takes more than one person to sentence her. For stone, you know, sentence her for stoning. He was the only one left. So was she. He was respecting the Torah. It was never done away with. So what was also going on? Okay, she was brought up in a in a lifestyle that twisted the Torah. Okay, because society at that time had lacked understanding of what it means to repent, what it truly means. Let alone remove the beam that long long stick from their own eyes. She was, you know, in other words, she was probably confused. Right? Seeing that happen to, you know, almost happen to her, close to being stoned, that, pro- you know, that probably taught her enough. That was enough to wake her up. But she was blessed enough from, you know, it was a merciful, she received, you know, she received mercy, grace, because no man what, had repented. None of the men with stones repented against her. Repented from their own sins. She, of course, called him master, called Yeshaya master. Why? Because if she. Because listen, she called him master out of her own free will, yet she's a sinner. Right? This is how we have to, this is how we have to test people's hearts, people. Okay? Yeshaya said in the scriptures, those that, whoever is without sin, okay, it says this. And he said unto them, he that is without sin. Okay, that means he that has repented, who is no, who is no longer sinning, who is not sinning. Okay? not sinning today, who, whose hearts are full of patience, or whose hearts are loving, whose hearts are uh, godly. Let him cast the first stone. Let him first cast a stone at her. That's what's going on, people. This is the same thing going on today. All right? Like, for example, 
um, they'll say today, you know, it's, and it's their political belief. They'll say today, I'd rather ha- I'd rather a gay couple raise a child than straight abusive parents, right? Than a straight abusive couple, right? They'll say that. Because, listen, if they, if they ask me this question called, um, do you believe two men that love each other can raise a child together? I would say, yeah, uh, but not to the point where they want to penetrate each other's you-know-what. All right? But they'll ask me, would you, would you rather they a gay couple raise a child that rather than, then rather than a, a straight heterosexual abusive couple. But here's what I'll say. Let me ask you this. If the, if you, if you, and if a gay couple, you know, was asked, was granted custody of a child on the condition that they refrain from all sexual contact until the child is old enough to understand what the you know how you know how the world how everybody how the world behaves would they do it would they refrain from all sexual contact most of the, you know it goes to straight couples too sometimes you know like for example if the two like for example a man and a woman if they're you know a man and a woman that's not married of course that if they love each other they can raise a child but not to the point if they don't believe that they're married right if they're not married, refrain from sexual contact, right? Here's the, here's the gay couple, for example. Would they, would they refrain from all, would the couple refrain from all sexual contact until the child is old enough to understand how the world behaves? Because if they say no, the child either goes to the foster home or uh, orphanage or, to, or back to the abusive parents. That's where the judge puts them, right? Sad. It's sad news. Sad news because the orphanage doesn't pay attention. You know, the orphanage and the foster homes, they don't really pay the attention to, you know, they don't give the needed attention towards all the children. But what about the gay couple? I mean, they'll probably say that's, they'll probably, the excuse they'll probably give is, uh, that's dictatorship, right? But that's supposed to be a test. Okay? That's how you test their hearts. To see if they would do that for the child's sake. If they won't do it, then they care less about... They care more about their need, their not, not their needs, but their desires than they care about the child. And even if they do make that vow, and they, but they break it in private. I mean, this, this doesn't go unnoticed. Okay? Eventually, it will, you know, this never goes unnoticed to the Most High. You break that vow, you're going to, you will get caught. You lie and say you're going to, you know, you, you lie and say, oh, well, we won't, we'll refrain from sexual contact, but then do it in private anyway. They're, at some point, they're going to get caught. They'll be exposed. And if not, Ahaya will, you know, It'll be a highest place to judge them, right? But that's how you test their hearts. But we don't have that anymore. It's all about polit- it's about it's all about being politically correct. That's what it's all about. So anyway, 
That's all I have for today. I hope this teaches you something. I hope that's enough for you. Um, it's been an oh wow, it's all it's been an hour now. So if you have any questions or comments, feel free to comment. If you would like to to hear Shalom Yasharala, this is the Heavenly Sword here. I welcome you back. I hope that everyone has eyes to see and ears to hear. Because I thought that I finished my last message concerning the adulterous woman and the people that were about to stone her, okay? And that's, uh, that, uh, because people think that in this verse, Yeshaya just outlawed the stoning, okay? That he outlawed the stoning of people because they're just, uh, everyone's a sinner and therefore we don't uh, judge anyone by anything whatsoever. But of course, I disproved that. However... Um, that is not the case for anyone that receives the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? If you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, okay, then stoning is not necessary, all right? That part's been changed, okay? It's when you receive the Holy Spirit, and even if you don't have the Holy Spirit, obviously stoning is not the right way to do it anymore because everyone needs to be cleaned up. Everyone is a lot, everyone is living in sin to this day because they're very confused. They are, everyone's fornicating, everyone's uh, committing uh, homosexuality, everyone is committing adultery. It's just, it's just so progressive. It's just so common that it's so normal that it just feels normal now. You grew up, you grow up with it, and you don't feel that it's really hurting you. And even when you do, and people that feel depression or anxiety or some kind of, uh, you know, or some, you know, or felt the urge to do some evil deed, they don't know that what is going, what actually happened in their past events, is actually working on them subconsciously. But now. Um, I have reason to believe that only the Holy Spirit can convict you now and not really man anymore. Only the Holy Spirit, exactly, because it, the, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kadash, is the true witness, is, the, is now considered the witness of what you do. If you receive the Holy Ghost, the, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kadash, then you are living in, then that means you are going to have to live in Ahaya's word because you know you have understanding of the laws in the Old Testament. You have, understa you have understanding of what the Messiah did for us and why he died for us and why, he, why it's important to receive the Spirit. And it's not because we can do whatever we want to do what thou will. Okay, that's an Aleister Crowley kind of uh, philosophy here. No. Okay? What we're supposed to do is follow the commandments with the best of our abilities. It's to follow it with, you know, as, you know, it's to receive the, uh, it's to uh, be, you know, follow the example of Yeshaya and understand and see what he did to uh, receive his blood, to receive his, you know, cleansing through his blood, to repent from your own sins, to take the example of a sinless man who showed the possibility of the impossible, okay? The, or at least he showed himself, uh, you know, and he, show, he became an example to all of us, and like him, we should be an example to the Gentiles 
And of course, I'm a Gentile who's trying to be an example to other Gentiles. As I learn the commandments, as I learn how to follow Ahia's will, and to be a, you know, and to also be uh, a follower of Yish- a believer in Yeshaya, that he died on our, that he died on the tree and rose out of the grave three days later, three days and three nights out of the grave, and he was uh, being badly bruised and scourged. Lost, you know, suffered tremendous blood loss, and then he was nailed. That you know, that would have been worse. I mean, like, and hey, you know, and hanging right there, trying to, uh, back, you know, push yourself up, and your back just scraping against that tree. That's not a comfortable feeling, right? especially when you've been scourged multiple times. Not a comfortable feeling. So, here's the you know, here's something from uh, Acts chapter five, verses one through four. But a certain man named Ananias with, uh, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan fill your, filled your heart to lie to the Rawah Kadash and to keep, to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, whiles it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own power? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied unto men, but unto Allahayim, to God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. Okay? And the ghost can be referred to as the breath, like the, you know, the breath of life, okay, that was given to us by Ahia. I mean, he could give, you know, he could, he could give us that breath of life, life, he could take it away because it doesn't belong to us. It's a gift he gives to us. Like the PlayStation you, I mean, not that I would recommend celebrating Christmas, like the PlayStation you receive for Christmas, okay, for Christ Mass, okay, does, even though, your parents gave it to you as a gift. Does that belong to you? Does that uh, belong to you completely in your possession? No. They bought you the gift. Okay. They paid it with their own money. They could take it back. Okay. Ahaya created us. He created the breath of life to be put into us so that we could live, but he could take that life away, that breath, because that's his to give. He owns it. Now, what Ananias did was that he lied in his heart, okay? He, took a por- he, he kept a large portion and only took a small portion of it back, you know, to, gave it to Simon, Pe- to Peter, all right? So here's what we're dealing with. You say that the Ruach is... It's not a true witness. It's power given, you know, the power of the the Ruach Kadash, the spirit that you know that is given to us, is a, is a wonderful witness. Okay, so for people, because back then, back in the time of Moses, uh, it required two or three witnesses to make an accusation and the to make an accusation against someone that uh, has done something uh, that was abominable, like committing adultery, or fornicating, or. Um, committing homosexual acts, bestiality. And once you do that, okay, once that act is performed, 
you could, you know, the law is you'd be stoned to death. Now, and people, and here's the thing. I'm not saying that uh, we should stone anyone right now. Absolutely not. I'm not saying we should stone homosexuals. I'm not saying we should stone fornicators whatsoever. We're living in a confused world, okay? We're living in a world where people don't even know what the, you know, don't even know what the Torah is, and they don't understand who Yeshaya truly is. They don't know how to be a follower of him. All right? This is the same this is this is the same thing that was going on back in the time of it, you know, the time of Yeshaya. He said that uh, the land of Israel that they were living in, dwelling in, where the Israel, the lost tribe, you know, the city of the lost tribes were dwelling in, okay, he said it was more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for Israel. And why is that? Why is that? Because here's the thing. They, you know, because Israel will say, well, I'm not the one that was committing uh, adultery. We're not the ones that were fornicating. We're not the ones committing uh, homosexual acts. We're not the ones that are uh, uh, stealing and uh, anything like this. But here's what Yeshaya says in Matthew chapter 5, I would say verse, uh, let's see. Um, let me see here. It's somewhere in this one. Like it's okay. There we go. Verily, I, uh, uh, chapter five, verses twenty-six through twenty-seven. Verily, I say unto you, you shall by no means come out thence till you have paid the uttermost. Oh, sorry. You have heard. Okay, let's go to verse twenty-seven. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, you shall not commit naaf or a woman to that breaks out of wedlock. Verse 28, but I say unto you that whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed naaf with her in her heart, in his heart. Okay. So this is what we're dealing with, people. And here's what it says in verse 22. Okay. Uh, chapter, uh, Matthew chapter five, verse 22. But I say, Okay. You, or let's start with 21. You have heard that it was said by them of, the, of old time, you shall not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. So we're talking about hate here. Hate talk, anger, right? And First John, I would say, also talks about, you know, John also talks about in his book, in his first book, First uh, John, where it says, uh, if you are angry with your brother without a, co yeah, let's see this, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can find it in there. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Um, I don't even know if I can find it in there, but like, here's this, you know, here's what they say. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Right? So what is he trying to say here? Okay. There it is. Uh, John, first John chapter three, verse 15, whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So what first what it says in First John three fifteen is that when you just hate someone, you're already a murderer. 
Therefore, um, when you just uh, fill your heart with hate towards the, you know, just anyone, especially without a cause, as Yeshaya says, if you hate someone without a, if you're angry at someone without a cause, okay, you're already in danger. All right? So if you're fully aware of these laws, if you're fully aware of how they run, if you have full understanding of the commandments, just like Yeshaya did, and you break them, you are all, you, you're already being convicted by the Holy Spirit. And you don't, because as Peter says, you have not lied to man, but to Allah Hayyam, but to the Ruach Kadash, the Holy Spirit. So, and it says that, and when it says that, okay, because the man, because Ananias lied in his mind. He lied in his mind. You think, oh, it's, they won't care. But he knows very well what he, he knew very well what he was doing. He knew that he wasn't following the commandments here. He wasn't, give, he, he wasn't giving away as much as Ahia wanted him to give away. And he knew how to communicate with Ahia. He had, he had complete knowledge, understanding of how to follow his commandments. Because if he didn't, he wouldn't have had received the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't have received the power of the Holy Spirit. But that's what he did. And his heart changed. Poof, he went away. And as the Holy Spirit saying that it can't be a witness, think again. Okay? Because it's going to say right here. I mean, I'm trying to see if I uh, got this right. Okay. There it is. Okay. Well, actually, we'll start with Romans 8, chapter, uh, ver- uh, Romans 8, verse 14. For as many are as are led by the spirit of Ahia, they are the sons of Ahia. The spirit of Ahia is the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kadash. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Okay, meaning he is, we are adopted by him when we receive that spirit, when we receive that uh, understanding, that all of that. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of Ahia. Okay? It's, it bears witness, as it says. This is verse 16. It bears witness with our spirit, with our natural spirit, our personality, our thoughts. Okay? The spirit, okay, capital S, itself bears witness with our spirit, lower, with our spirit, lowercase s, meaning our nature. The Holy Spirit's not our nature. The Holy Spirit comes from the Most High Himself. Meaning, it's His Word. Right? So, this is a... This is what people are mess, you know, messing around with. They think that because they have the Holy Spirit, they can do whatever they want now. They can, oh, uh, I'm free from sin. I'm free. F- I can uh, eat any food that I want. I can uh, eat pork without getting sick. 
But where does it say that? All right? Where? Because when you... When you eat... Because, like, it's, you know, science has not... They, they, uh, science still says that uh, pork is still unhealthy for us. So for you to just uh, proudly say we can eat whatever we want, that's not supported by Scripture. What the Holy... Because here's a problem. Nowadays, all of, you know... All of our food has pork in it. So, I mean, we have no choice. We have no choice on what to, what is in our foods right now because we don't know how to farm. We don't know, we're not raised to farm. We're not raised to uh, uh, plant our own food, our own vegetation. But now, so, right now it's forgiven because the world is so corrupt. But back then, back at the time of Yeshaya, back at the time when Peter had that vision, he still had the choice. You know, he still says, I don't eat unclean meats. So nothing is said that, you know, and nothing is for, you know, nothing further in scripture says that it changed, that it, that it was changed whatsoever. Now I'm not saying don't diet on it. You know, I'm not saying don't, uh, don't eat it whatsoever i'm saying don't diet on it we're not supposed to diet on pork or shellfish all right they're not healthy for us they're bad so what i'm saying is don't diet on it i mean especially regular meats too at least maybe eat meat at least uh i would say maybe once a day you can eat meat or once a week is the healthiest Because the Levitical, the Levitical laws, they know. They know very well what not to eat. They, they tell us what, what we can and cannot eat because it's bad for our body. We can't defile our bodies intentionally. Okay? So, here's the problem. If you know the law and you think, if you know this is not what... God wants Ahia and you do it anyway, you're gone. The Holy Spirit will convict you, okay? The law, you know, the, the uh, people don't have to anymore. You don't, it doesn't need two people to witness your wrongdoings, especially in your heart, okay? The, only the Ruach, you know, now the Ruach Kadash, Kadash can bear witness in your heart. Because it knows your mind. It knows because when you have that connection with Ahaya, it knows. And you can take that away. Take the breath away from you. So that's all I have for today. I hope that's enough for you to understand because, well, I try to explain the best as possible. But I thank you very much for listening. I hope everyone has a blessed day. Shalom. Shalom Yasharallah, welcome back. Uh, this is the Heavenly Sword here. Uh, this is for anyone that has eyes to see and ears to hear. Uh, if you're hearing some voices right now, I'm actually outside. A car just passed by. A car, uh, I'm just outside for a walk, you know, just uh, enjoying the fresh air, you know. 
just uh, trying to live through these uh, uh, these uh, these uh, rallies, those riots that are going on right now because of this uh, George Floyd incident that went on between the you know with the cops and all that. So um, it's actually you know there's actually a riot going on in Squirrel Hill, uh, or either that or either that or it's going to go on sometime later. I don't know when, but the problem with the with this month with the June 2020 of course is not just the riots you know it's just it's the hypocrisy the hypocrisy of this world where people are just uh you know they just think that they could do, you know do or say whatever they want uh, you know just because they have it's like they have the card you know it's like they can accuse me of being homophobic just because I think uh, homosexuality is unnatural. And I'm just going to, I'm going to talk about uh, Pride Month really as well. Okay. Because Pride Month, of course, it's not just about homosexuals here on this one. Okay. It's not just about, it's not just about gay people. It's about basically the hypocrisy, the, how they spread everything, how they just make it look so uh, make everything look so, uh, perfect and make everything, they make themselves, uh, look like the victims, even though, of course, when you research the history of everything, the history of, of, you know, homosexuality in ancient times or the history of, uh, oppression, you know, really, or not just oppression, but really just the, uh, just ancient history in general. Here's the pro- you know here's the problem with what I have with people that say oh we're the victims, okay. And I'm not saying this out of hate, okay. I don't have any. Listen, I don't have any issues with any gay people as long as they're two consenting adults, okay. I really don't care what they do, but. If you're going to say that you're the victim, that you've always been the victim, well, that's a lie, okay? You haven't always been the victim. Everyone has been bullied. Everyone has been picked on. Everyone has had, you know, everyone has done something that they're not proud of, all right? They've done something that they're not proud of. You know, I've done some, I've done things I'm not proud of. All right. But like the thing, you know, I've also been bullied. You know, I was bullied as a child. Okay. I've, I I, I have, I was going through a learning disability. So I know how this feels. Okay. I've been there. But the thing is, when you think that you're the victim and you don't even do research on the history of, of homosexuality and uh, like, for example, in ancient Rome and ancient Greece. Okay, this goes way, way, it's, okay, this is nothing new, okay? This goes way, way back to Sodom and Gomorrah, all right? Where everything, okay, where homosexuality at the time was fully accepted by society, it's fully accepted, okay? That includes ancient Rome, okay? Uh, Egypt is implied to have had, have, uh, 
have had a society of homosexual acts, uh, Mesopotamia. Okay, you get you know, get it, get it right there. These these countries, okay, these nations. Really, that's what they were. Call, that's what they should really be called. These nations have had societies that accepted homosexuality. And you're going to, I mean, I know you're going to say this, like, oh, Christians are the problem. They're the ones that have uh, illegalized homosexuality. They're the ones that have fully oppressed homosexuals. Um, Well, listen, I'm not a Christian. I'm just a believer in the Bible, first of all. The believer in the word of Ahia. So I can't refer to myself as a Christian. It's, there's nothing that, you know, that says uh, Christ, Yeshia, came to start a religion called Christianity. Secondly, um, homosexuality was actually, actually ignored by the Christians from the 4th century AD till the 12th century, okay? So... They made a law against homosexuality. Okay, they didn't make a law against homosexuality until the 12th century AD. That's when they started to do that. Okay, so it started all the way back from Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, where it was all accepted. And maybe even before that. Where homosexuality was accepted by society. To all, you know, all the way to the 12th century AD. It's been recorded. Okay? I mean, you're going to say, well, it's pedophilia. Well, then they should start changing the title then. They should start changing the title, um, Homosexuality in Ancient Rome to Pedophilia in Ancient Rome. Okay? And yeah, I agree that what they did was disgusting. Okay? I don't like what they did. But you have to understand... People at that time, you know, because listen, uh, (laughs) people still consider that homosexuality. They should have changed that by now. Okay. I mean, shouldn't that tell you something? They should have changed, changed this by now, changed it to, because listen, even, you know, even with that being uh, the popular history here. Maybe not popular, but the most, well, you know, most widely talked about history here of uh, an adult with a very, you know, yeah, I, mean, I get it with a, you know, ha- having relations with a teenage, you know, with the teenagers. I get it. Okay, that's you know, that's obviously widespread uh, accounts here, but that doesn't mean, but it was still common. There's still two, you know, there's still consenting adults. And you'll, listen, the more you research this, the more you'll see that really, you weren't really as much of a victim, you know, as much of a victim as you think you are. All right. The bullies, they only pick on the weak. All right. That's why you got to, because you got to learn to stand up to your, you know, stand up for yourselves and not to be picked on. Right. You got to learn that because bullies pick, mostly pick on the weak bullies, mostly pick on those that, that are not as tough as they are. They, they pick, you know, listen, all right, bullies, 
you're more likely, okay, a guy in a wheelchair is more likely to be oppressed than you, okay, than homosexuals today. A guy in a wheelchair. Because how many people, because how many homosexuals do you see around you? How many gay, like, uh, because if you're gonna, if you're gonna walk down the street, are, are you just gonna, you just, uh, literally, you're, that you're gonna literally trip on a gay person? Or run into a gay person just like that? Hmm? Are you just gonna run, like, because you won't see that every day, because the population rate is not high. Alright? It's not high. We have more people in wheelchairs right now that are being oppressed. (laughs) Why aren't we focused on them? Why aren't you, like, why aren't we being taught to protect them? Okay? Because here's the deal here. Okay? Because the the mass media is promoting homosexuality as heroism. And they're, listen... (laughs) They're, you know, they're counting Ellen DeGeneres, uh, Billy Porter as hero, uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner as heroes. Well, really, his name is Bruce, but, like, <laughs> I can't just, you know, obviously just, you know, calling him Caitlyn is, like, the bet you know, is the least harmful way. But <sighs> they're, cons- they're being considered heroes. And yet you're still afraid to... You're still afraid to come out? You're still afraid... Why? Why are you afraid to come out? Because deep down, you know it's not natural behavior. Right? It's being... like It's being promoted worldwide. It's being put on... It's being on promotion... It's being put on promotional posters... Oh boy. Just I mean, and the whole thing with the, you know with George Floyd what they did they're doing the same thing with you know they with what they did with Matthew Shepard. They just find a man that was uh, being oppressed by police. They mur- you know they record him being murdered. They show it over and over and over again. Okay? That's not the only time that happened. Like, this isn't the only. This isn't the first time police brutality is exposed. Okay, you, you don't see that. This isn't the first. I mean, okay, let me see this. Because listen, that's not the only. T- because like, there are police brutality goes on every day. All right. It goes on every day. Why do you have to show it? Like, why do you only have to show police brutality when it's a African-American male being attacked? Someone with dark skin. Why does it have to be him that you show being attacked by police and not not someone that's, uh, let's, I don't know, that's uh, Indian or someone in a wheelchair or someone that's, you know, or someone from, that's, uh, from another ethnic country, country or religion. Why aren't you showing that? (sighs) 
because it's every day that it's occurring. Not just, it's not just, you know, happening to people that are dark skinned. It's not just happening to people that are, uh, in a, you know, in certain areas, in certain states. No, it's happening to everyone. It's happening everywhere, every day. Doesn't matter if you're white or black. Doesn't matter. It's everywhere. Why aren't they, I mean, like, why aren't they exposing that? Why aren't they putting that on the news every day? Why, why, what's so different about him, about George Floyd? What is it about him where they had to show, you know, they had to show his death over and over again? I mean, listen, if a, if a loved one, if I, if I lost a loved one publicly on television, I wouldn't want to see it again. I wouldn't want to see that video over and over. That repetition. It only hurts. It hurts you. It would hurt me if I saw that. It would traumatize me. If that was my child, that's, and George Floyd is someone else's child. And for the media to show that over and over again, I mean, if the mother wanted to show that to the public, I mean, that doesn't sound natural. I mean, maybe once in a while, yeah. But they show the repetition, like, over, like, first it's Emmett Till's mother who wants to show it, then it's someone else's mother, and then another person's mother. They think, oh, we just, let's just keep showing it, you know? Let another, per- one person show it after the other. Why? Why does the repetition keep going on when there's a famous death? I wouldn't want to show it. Not about my child. I'll guarantee that. And mo- I'm pretty sure about 95% of people wouldn't want to show the you know, death of their children on, a, on the news over and over again either. 95%. How are they able to find that 5%? So, you know... How is it that every time a person makes it to the mainstream, they, they happen to find that, find that 5% of people that make it on the mainstream over and over and over, over some kind of police brutality? That makes no sense. But you know what? You have your own opinion. Okay. So thank you anyway for wa- uh, listening. I hope everyone has a blessed day. And Shalom. Shalom, Yashuala. Welcome back. This is the Heavenly Sword here. And... Uh, I'm going to be talking about the LGBT movement and its uh, effect on society, okay, because, uh, well, you see Hollywood kind of defending it. You see uh, people like J.K. Rowling, who says that trans women are not really women, Uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, people are getting all political and saying that's hate speech. Uh, Stephen King just came out and said that, uh, uh, you know, he believes that uh, trans women are women and that we shouldn't say something that J.K. Rowling said, or else that is just hate speech. Now, okay, listen, for anyone who is listening to this and you believe that trans women are women, okay, you're entitled to your own opinions, okay? You're allowed to think that. I'm not going to say, tell you what to think or what not to think, okay? Uh, Ahaya gave us our, uh, gave us free will, and free will is the best gift to ever be given to us. But um, everyone, if you're going to say that, uh, 
what I believe as uh, unnatural behavior. Okay, if I say that uh, homosexuality or uh, be, you know tra- being a trans woman is not really Ahaya's purpose for us, that it's not really his idea for us, that he didn't make us this way, uh, and you call it hate, and you call it hate speech. Um, that's an absolute lie. All right. I understand why you think that. Okay. I used to think that this is hate speech too, until I had to talk with some family members and they said, listen, if you believe something that doesn't make it, that doesn't make you hateful. Okay. Um, but you know, like if you're gonna, I, I find it hypocritical too, that, uh, they would uh, call us hateful and bigots, and then just uh, give us and give and, and also give hate, uh, hateful comments in return, hip, you know, hypocr- you know, hypocritically. Okay, they are. That's hypocritical for them to say. That it's hypocrisy to say that uh, we are at mother effers or that we should you know go to hell and stuff like that for just for you know. I mean, if that's not hateful, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know who would desire... I don't desire anyone to go to hell, a place called hell whatsoever. I mean, heck, uh, if you actually look in the Bible, you got to... You'll find... You'll see that there's not much evidence that uh, hell is actually a place for everlasting torture. I don't find any evidence there. You, You won't find much of the evidence, okay? That's just something you learned at church... All right, if you want to look at, you know, if, if you want to read the Bible yourself, go ahead. Okay, I just, I don't find any evidence personally. I don't find anything in there. Um, concerning everlasting torture uh, in the fire, you know, where you're just forever screaming in pain, I don't see that. So, but either way, even if it is in the Bible, that's not my desire for anyone, okay? Not, no one. Okay, I don't care who you are. That's not my desire for any of you. Do I get mad at you for uh, being hypocrites? Absolutely, but I don't wish for you to go to hell or get tortured or anything like that. Maybe to find salvation. All right. Maybe to pay you know pay an earthly price so that you can finally wake up and see that this is not right. But no, I don't desire any kind of uh, torture for you. Okay. I don't pray for that. I pray for you to wake up now for anyone that, again, if you think that, uh, people in Hollywood, okay, because Hollywood promotes it. So, uh, vehemently they say, uh, if you say that, because they're going to tell you people that, oh, if you say that, uh, being gay is a sin. All right. Then you're a hateful person. That's just their liberal beliefs, okay? It's a political belief. That is a that is a lie, okay? You don't okay? Politics are nothing but lies, okay? Republicans, Democrats, liberals, far right, they're all lies, okay? And there's some truth in them, yes, but you can't just listen to what they say. All right? These people, these Hollywood actors are influencers. They are professional liars. Okay. They're doing, they're saying these things. They're supporting gay marriage because that that's what gives them more power. Okay. That's what makes, because it's popular in the world. It's for the, it's popular for the world. Okay. For those who think that the world, that uh, most people in society are anti-gay, you're absolutely 
effed up for saying that. Okay? You are lied to. Most people, because listen, the media is promoting it. They're promoting homosexuals as heroes, transgenders as heroes, anyone that is of the LGBT movement and are open about it. They're, cla- they're automatically claiming that these people are heroes. Okay, my, my hero is Yeshaya HaMashiach, who you know, who you call, ignorantly call Jesus Christ. All right, that's not my thing. All right, it's not my thing to talk about politics or the LGBT movement because they're, you know, they're not the primary issue in this world. At least not yet. But they are, but listen, they're, when it's being promoted so heavily, so publicly like this, and you have the uh, Westboro Baptist Church saying God hates fags, and uh, they're promoting it silently. I mean, they, they're using hateful speech to promote it. They're using hateful speech to, pr- to uh, give a, to uh, drill this uh, idea that all Christians are hateful bigots or h- hateful homophobes or something like that. But listen, people, the, the people in Hollywood are laughing at you, okay? Not just at me and uh, Christ, you know, Christians for, believe, you know, for believing in the scriptures, okay? They're not just making fun of us. They're making fun of the LGBTQ movement, too. They're making fun of anyone that is listening to them and is taking this by heart. They're, making, they're, they're laughing at you, okay? They're laughing at you because they know that what you're... Because, listen... Um, they can perform homosexual, homosexual acts all they want because they don't have to worry about any illnesses that they can get. They most likely have the cure in these uh, of uh, HIV, AIDS, um, cancer, all that stuff. They most likely have that cure in their, in their environment, in, in their, behind their doors. All right, there's already reports of the, the COVID-19 vi- uh, vaccine uh, being, cre- you know, being created already. And so, you know, there was a recording that just leaked out of the world that these people, that uh, the elitists already had their shots. So what's the big deal? All right. They are laughing at you. They know that when, listen, when common people, us peasants, okay, perform homosexual acts, they know that our bodies are going to be defiled, that, our, that we are going to get sick, okay? When, because listen, when you, here's the, do the research yourself and you'll find it. It's still in the medical field. It's still accepted there. If you, all right, because, and I'm going to get really, uh, uh, I'm going to get a little bit of, cr- uh, I'm going to be a little bit crude here because this is not some, this is not a comfortable subject to talk about. But if you're going to be, because if a person penetrates uh, their, uh, organs in, okay, here's what, okay, uh, penet, because if, because anal penetration, okay, I'm just going to say that, anal penetration is dangerous. It's a, it's a very, very high risk of sexual diseases because the anus is not designed for penetration. It's designed for defecation. That's what it's designed for. And if you, because listen, penetration, it can rip, it can rip the rectum, it can rip the skin in there, okay? Women, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say, but women have, uh, I'm not gonna say directly, but women have a, 
these have the are designed, okay, their um, their genitals are and I'm not talking about their anus, I'm talking about the other genital. Theirs is design they have this uh, flexible tissue, okay? They're able to and they also have the organs to tolerate another man's fluids. Okay, men don't have that. Men don't have organs to tolerate another man's fluids. They don't. Okay? It makes them sick. It defiles their bodies. These people in Hollywood, they can they can do it all they want because they all they have all the medicine. I'm sure of it. You can I'm pretty sure they do. Okay? We don't have the medicines. People are still getting AIDS, people are still getting HIVs, people are still getting uh, diseases. Look, get you know, get this. The average, uh, the average, uh, what do you call it? Rate, you know, let's see. La- uh, lifespan. Okay, the average lifespan of a homosexual is at least forty to fifty years of age. That's it. It's that. It's it's that small. And for them, of course, they could have a longer life. People in Hollywood, that's why they're laughing at you. Because they have everything and you don't. At least not yet. I mean, you're going to be asking for everything and they're going to, and they're going to pretend and act like they care and that they want other people to join and that they want other people to have a longer life that homosexual peasants desert, you know, are equal. Listen, they don't care about you. They're doing this for the money. They're doing this for power. All right, these people are nothing more than just self-worshippers. They think that they're, they're their own gods. So, yeah, I just want to make it very clear to you. Hollywood does not care. They are professional liars. They, have always, they always have been. They always will be. And they're not going to be anything further from that. Okay? Everything, every time you see them on television, don't think that they are not acting. They are. I'm pretty sure they're acting 24-7. Uh, more than that, they're probably demon-possessed. You'd have to be careful with these kind of people. You shouldn't trust them. These people have no real personality whatsoever. So, uh, please, these people are false idols. Please be careful. I thank you very much for listening. I hope everyone has a blessed day. Um, if you like my, uh, if you like my, uh, sorry, if you, if you like my, uh, and whatever you call a, I mean, it's like a, a, uh, it's like a radio recording in some way. Uh, I'll figure it out in just a second. But if you like my series, uh, feel free to follow me here. Uh, just, you know, click on the follow button and, uh, click on the like and maybe share it with your loved ones, with your friends, just so they can understand that this world is not what they think it is. Um, they can also, uh, because it's just, it's not, okay? If you have any gay friends or loved ones that you need to share this with just so they could wake up and see that this is not, uh, the true reality here, please, uh, feel free to share it. I thank you very much for listening once again. Uh, I hope you have a blessed day and Shalom. Shalom, Yashuala. Welcome back. This is the Heavenly Sword here. And uh, I'm going to be talking about the LGBT movement and its uh, effect on society. Okay, because uh, 
Well, you see Hollywood kind of defending it. You see uh, people like J.K. Rowling, who says that trans women are not really women. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, people are getting all political and saying that's hate speech. Uh, Stephen King just came out and said that, uh, uh, you know, he believes that uh, trans women are women and he sh- that we shouldn't say something that J.K. Rowling said or else that is just hate speech. Now, okay, listen, for anyone who is listening to this and you believe that trans women are women, okay, you're entitled to your own opinions, okay? You're allowed to think that. I'm not going to say, tell you what to think or what not to think, okay? Uh, Ahaya gave us, our, uh, gave us free will, and free will is the best gift to ever be given to us. But um, everyone, if you're going to say that uh, it, what I believe as uh, unnatural behavior, okay, if I say that... Uh, Homosexuality or uh, be, you know, tra- being a trans woman is not really Ahaya's purpose for us. That it's not really his idea for us. That he didn't make us this way. Uh, and you call it hate. And you call it hate speech. Um, that's an absolute lie. All right. I understand why you think that. Okay. I used to think that this is hate speech too until I had to talk with some family members and they said, listen, if you believe something, that doesn't make it, that doesn't make you hateful. Okay. Um, but you know, like if you're going to, I find it hypocritical too, that, uh, they would, uh, call us hateful and bigots and then just, uh, give us and give, and, and also give hate, uh, hateful comments in return, hip, you know, hypocrit- you know, hypocritically. Okay. They are, that's hypocritical. For them to say that it's hypocrisy to say that uh, we are at mother effers or that we should you know go to hell and stuff like that for just for you know I mean if that's not hateful I don't know what it is I mean I don't know who would desire I don't desire anyone to go to hell a place called hell whatsoever I mean heck uh, if you actually look in the Bible you gotta uh, you'll find you'll see that there's not much evidence that uh, hell is actually a place for everlasting torture. I don't find any evidence there. You, you won't find much of the evidence, okay? That's just something you learned at church, all right? If you want to look at, you know, if, if you want to read the Bible yourself, go ahead, okay? I just, I don't find any evidence personally. I don't find anything in there. Um, concerning everlasting torture, uh, in the fire, you know, where you're just forever screaming in pain. I don't see that. So, but either way, even if it is in the Bible, that's not my desire for anyone. Okay. Not no one. Okay. I don't care who you are. That's not my desire for any of you. Do I get mad at you for, uh, being hypocrites? Absolutely. But I don't wish for you to go to hell or get tortured or anything like that. Maybe to find salvation, all right? Maybe to pay, you know, pay an earthly price so that you can finally wake up and see that this is not right. But no, I don't desire any kind of uh, torture for you, okay? I don't pray for that. I pray for you to wake up. Now, for anyone that, the, again, if you think that uh, people in Hollywood, okay, because Hollywood promotes it so uh, vehemently, they say, uh, if you say that, because they're going to tell you people that, oh, if you say that, uh, being gay is a sin, all right, then you're a hateful person. 
That's just their liberal beliefs, okay? It's a political belief. That is a, that is a lie, okay? You don't, okay? Politics are nothing but lies, okay? Republicans, Democrats, liberals, far right, they're all lies, okay? And there's some truth in them, yes, but you can't just listen to what they say, all right? These people, these Hollywood actors are influencers. They are professional liars, okay? They're doing, they're saying these things, they're supporting gay marriage because that, that's what gives them more power, okay? That's what makes, because it's popular in the world. It's, for the, it's popular for the world, Okay, for those who think that the world, that uh, most people in society are anti-gay, you're absolutely effed up for saying that. Okay, you are lied to. Most people, because listen, the media is promoting it. The, you know, they're promoting homosexuals as heroes, transgenders as heroes, anyone that is of the LGBT movement and are open about it. They're, cl- they're automatically claiming that these people are heroes. Okay, my, my hero is Yeshaya HaMashiach, who you know, who you call, ignorantly call Jesus Christ. All right, that's not my thing. All right, it's not my thing to talk about politics or the LGBT movement because they're, you know, they're not the primary issue in this world at least not yet, but they are, but listen, they're, when it's being promoted so heavily, so publicly like this, and you, you have the uh, Westboro Baptist Church saying God hates fags, and uh, they're promoting it silently. I mean, they, they're using hateful speech to promote it. They're using hateful speech to, pr- to uh, give a, to uh, drill this, uh, idea that all Christians are hateful bigots or hateful homophobes or something like that. But listen, people, the, the people in Hollywood are laughing at you, okay? Not just at me and uh, Christ, you know, Christians for, believe, you know, for believing in the scriptures, okay? They're not just making fun of us. They're making fun of the LGBTQ movement, too. They're making fun of anyone that is listening to them and is taking this by heart, they're making, they're, they're laughing at you. Okay. They're laughing at you because they know that what you're, because listen, um, they could perform homosexual, homosexual acts all they want because they don't have to worry about any illnesses that they can get. They most likely have the cure in these, uh, of, uh, HIV, AIDS, um, cancer, all that stuff. They most likely have that cure in their, in their environment, in, in their, behind their doors. All right. There's already reports of the, the COVID-19 vi- uh, vaccine uh, being, cre- you know, being created already. And so, you know, there was a recording that just leaked out of the world that these people, that uh, the elitists already had their shots. So what's the big deal? All right. They are laughing at you. They know that when, listen, when common people, us peasants, okay, perform homosexual acts, they know that our bodies are going to be defiled, that, our, that we are going to get sick, okay? When, because listen, when you, here's the, do the research yourself and you'll find it. It's still in the medical field. It's still accepted there. If you, all right, because, and I'm going to get really, uh, uh, I'm going to get a little bit of, uh, I'm going to be a little bit crude here because this is not, 
some, this is not a comfortable subject to talk about, but if you're going to be, because if a person penetrates uh, their uh, organs in, okay, here's, okay, uh, penet- because if, because anal penetration, okay, I'm just gonna say that. Anal penetration is dangerous. It's a, it's a very, very high risk of sexual diseases because the anus is not designed for penetration. It's designed for defecation. That's what it's designed for. And if you, because listen, penetration, it can rip, it can rip the rectum, it can rip the skin in there, okay? Women, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say, but women have, uh, I'm not gonna say directly, but women have a, uh, these have the, are designed, okay, they're, um, their genitals are, and I'm not talking about their anus, I'm talking about the other genital. Theirs is designed, they have this uh, flexible tissue, okay? They're able to, and they also have the organs to tolerate another man's fluids, okay? Men don't have that. Men don't have organs to tolerate another man's fluids. They don't, okay? It makes them sick. It defiles their bodies. These people in Hollywood, they can, they can do it all they want because they, all, they have all the medicine. I'm sure of it. You can, I'm pretty sure they do. Okay? We don't have the medicines. People are still getting AIDS. People are still getting HIVs. People are still getting uh, diseases. Look, get, you know, get this. The average, uh, the average uh, what do you call it? Rain, you know, let's see, uh, lifespan, okay, the average lifespan of a homosexual is at least 40 to 50 years of age. That's it. It's that, it's, it's that small. And for them, of course, they could have a longer life. People in Hollywood, that's why they're laughing at you. Because they have everything and you don't. At least not yet. I mean, you're going to be asking for everything, and they're going to, and they're going to pretend and act like they care, and that they want other people to join, and that they want other people to have a longer life. That homosexual peasants desert, you know, are equal. Listen, they don't care about you. They're doing this for the money. They're doing this for power. All right, these people are nothing more than just self worshippers. They think that they're they're their own gods. So yeah, I just want to make it very clear to you, Hollywood does not care. They are professional liars. They have always they always have been, they always will be, and they're not going to be anything further from that. Okay? Everything every time you see them on television, don't think that they are not acting. They are. I'm pretty sure they're acting 24/7. Uh more than that, they're probably demon possessed. You'd have to be careful with these kind of people. You shouldn't trust them. These people have no real personality whatsoever. So, uh, please, these people are false idols. Please be careful. I thank you very much for listening. I hope everyone has a blessed day. Um, if you like my, uh, if you like my, uh, sorry, if you, if you like my, uh, 
I mean, whatever you call a, I mean, it's like a, a uh, it's like a radio recording in some way. I, I'll figure it out in just a second. But if you like my series, uh, feel free to follow me here. Uh, just you know, click on the follow button and uh, click on the like, and maybe share it with your loved ones, with your friends, just so they can understand that this world is not what they think it is. Um, they can also uh, because it's just it's not okay. If you have any gay friends or loved ones that you need to share this with, just so they could wake up and see that this is not. Uh, the true reality here, please uh, feel free to share it. I thank you very much for listening once again. Uh, I hope you have a blessed day and Shalom.